Yo, what is going on, baby? Welcome back to another New Money Movement. My apologies for last week. Uh, I was traveling and wasn't able to get out an episode. I know, no excuse. That's just what it is. But I'm back this week. We're back at it. I am traveling next week too, but I'm going to try to get an episode uh, out earlier. Well, I mean, it'll still come out the same time, but I'm going to have to maybe touch on a new story that's a little, hopefully isn't old by the time it comes out, but we'll see. But let's just get into it. So firstly, last week, you know, I... Damn, I wish I did an episode because, you know, it was right in the middle of the week and stocks were sliding quite a bit. You know, stocks are continuing to, I mean, the broader U.S. stock market is continuing to to slide a bit. Last week was kind of especially bad. Uh, the NASDAQ is, is, is fully in a correction. I mean, it kind of has been for a few weeks, but now, you know, it, it's just continuing to slide. Uh, and, and, and the S&P looks like it's, it's, it's continuing to slide. It probably will continue to slide just based on kind of what we're seeing. You know, I, t- I did this. I did a story on Instagram, and I and I kind of just said I was kind of joking, but I was kind of serious. Where, you know, so many people were telling me that they couldn't wait for lower levels and they couldn't wait for better, you know, stock prices and things like that. And you know, I, I talked about it. I think two or three weeks ago, where this is the time where millionaires are made. This is the time where you know you actually create your wealth. Uh, you know, there's there's these sort of statistics that say that. If you miss the best 10 trading days over the past 40 years, your return would be like two or three percent. I might be butchering that, but it's not that far off. I know for a fact that if you miss the 10 best trading days, you would have a shit return. And so a lot of the best days do come from rebounds, things that come uh, from these big hits and then big hits turn to big uh, ups. and, And that's just kind of how it goes. And so if you're speculating and you're staying on the sidelines, whatever, it's it's a losing game. You know, one thing that's interesting that, you know, I've really come to realize is that and and you're starting to see and I've, you know, in, in spades uh, is is that a lot of institutional and, uh, you know, money managers and things like that are, are speculating and staying on the sides and pulling away. Now, one really, really big risk that they have that you don't have with your portfolio is career risk, right? If they have bad returns, they lose their job, right? If they're in some stocks that slide, they lose. Like their horizon is so much shorter. uh, And that's why it makes it so much tougher for them to perform. Uh, And so if you see that some sort of, you know, billionaire, millionaire, or even just like an analyst or whatever uh, has these expectations and whatever, they have a bias to perform. You don't. You've got way more time than them. You have such a bigger advantage. You're not managing as much money. You don't have constituents. You don't have whatever. You're just doing your own thing. Uh, and so if you if you see all these biff- talking heads, whatever, doing their thing, a lot of times their risks are different than yours. And, and thus, you can't invest the same as them. And you can't use their theses as your thesis unless you guys arrive at the same conclusion by you doing your own research. So Really, guys, we're in a bear market. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, no sugar coating. You know, the, eventually, I, I do think the S and P will will continue to go down. You know, the Fed has actually only, you know, really over the past few months has really started to dial back their bond buying. Right? They haven't even started to swap them out. Right? And and selling them and and actually pulling liquidity out of the market they they haven't even done that yet and and this you're having this visceral crazy reaction and i don't think maybe i'm wrong but you know it seems as though this market is hyper hypersensitive to the u.s fed it seems as though to me but maybe that's just because this is the first sort of like real cyclical 
recession or pullback that we're seeing. I mean, for a lot of investors, this is the first like, like formal sort of like, there's an economic reason why there's a market pullback as opposed to like the pandemic, which was kind of like quote unquote man-made. And so, yeah, they haven't even started that. So you gotta, you gotta imagine that. Yes, the market is pricing in that over the next few months uh, of them, you know, beginning to pull that liquidity out. Liquidity just means they're basically pulling cash out of the out of the money supply, right? You know, they're they're starting to you know bring in and, and deflate it a bit, try to cool off the economy. But yeah, you know, they basically we've been talking for weeks about the Fed doing a soft landing. It's not a soft landing. It's not a soft landing. I've been pounding the table on hiring and, and going out and getting a job and doing it while you can. Guys, it's already started. There are already layoffs. It's turned on a dime because of this. Tech companies, uh, you know, more white collar jobs, et cetera. They're starting to get hiring freezes. Dude, on a dime, like I am not changing my tune on, hey, like there's still a huge, there's still a window there for you to go out and get your dream job. It is closing rapidly, right? And as we, you know, likely come into this recession, which which is crazy to say out loud, go out and fucking figure out your career ASAP because the, the clock's ticking and companies and execs are taking notice. I'll, I'll share a little anecdote with you guys. Revenue has slowed down significantly for me. Significantly. Right now, my sort of business strategy is focusing on the content and getting it out, you know, and trying to optimize for my brand and everything like that. And, and luckily the first quarter, you know, frankly, I made a ton of money, which was fantastic. And I made a good amount of money enough to, for the entire year. Like, you know, it, it wasn't my goal. I didn't hit my goal, my yearly goal in the first quarter, but I was, you know, I, I did well. And so the way I've always thought about it is, okay, you know, when I hit that point, but even before things turned, I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm ready for a winter if it happens, whatever. And, you know, it, it so happened that the winter has come and, and ad spends have come down and, you know, people and execs and, and different, these, these different companies that, you know, FinTech companies or whatever that want to, you know, sponsor a guy like me, you know, I'm one of the first things to go and that's okay. You know, uh, listen, I'm okay for that. I'm ready for that. I wouldn't be worth my salt as a, as a personal finance guy if I didn't expect that thing, you know, sort of thing. And if I don't have a separate business or a separate whatever to make revenue off and, and people freak out about that, it's like, oh my God, like, it's like, dude, you, you got to plan for stuff like this. You got to, you got to expect things like this. And if you are trying to optimize for content, this is kind of what comes with it until you launch that business later on. And so I'm kind of just, I mean, spewing right now, but yeah, I'm seeing it in my business. A lot of companies are starting to see it in theirs and it is significantly turned around. And so I, I do think it'll continue to, to slide a bit and there isn't anything you should action on other than going out trying to lock down uh you know talk to a few hr folks and, and basically they're saying hey man like it really is slowing they're starting to get directions to cool hiring like go out and friggin lock down that job before the window closes you know because it's just not going to be as 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 fruitful anymore it's insane because literally weeks ago i was like pounding the table so many jobs so many jobs yeah white collar jobs though like it's like on a dime dude it's crazy Ultimately, guys, I, I just think, hey, like, this is great for 
building up and getting some screaming buys and 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 building your wealth because this is where the wealth is built you know a recession could last anywhere from a year to a year and a half two years you know who knows it just is what it is and the last thing i'll say that i've been hearing too which is so true and i and i wonder that what the hell is the fed gonna do what are they gonna slash rates back down the inflation's still at eight percent it is slowing down the rate of change is slowing down you know i think it actually was slightly lower in april than it was in march to my knowledge but i do think that it is going to be a very tough spot for them because they can't really slash rates because inflation's high uh, and, and and if they continue to increase rates as as aggressively as they are sort of saying they will then yeah the recession this recession is inevitable right we were probably in it we had a negative quarter of growth the first quarter second quarter will probably be the same thing especially with what we're seeing i mean it's just a it's a it's a wacky sort of situation we're in but i would just you know it's it's not gonna be that bad like i these are all predictions i just kind of making these bold predictions Uh, but i wanted to touch on markets to kind of open up the show because that is that is you know that's what we talk about the most and so other news elon musk might want to renegotiate the twitter deal so you know i listened to him on the all-in pod which was fantastic and, and he was kind of just talking about what his biggest issue is and it seems to me like a very I guess, trivial issue to, you know, pull the deal on. He's really concerned about the bots that are on Twitter and, you know, sort of how that is going to impact and like how many real people are actually on the platform. He talked about how one of his tweets, I think, is one of the most popular tweets in the world. And it only has five million likes. And Twitter supposedly says there's hundreds of millions on the platform. So how could that add up, I guess, was his point. And there's other points that he was making as well. And it, it, I guess it, you know, when he explained it, I was like, okay, I guess that makes sense. Like, how big is this bot problem? And they're not giving him a straight answer. And so he he's saying that's a material thing that could kill the deal <laughs> or make him have to renegotiate at a different price or something like that. And so you know, we talked about it. This deal wasn't closed when all the, the news came out. Even I, I think I made clear that, you know, this could fall through. There is there is there's room for that. There's there's stipulations, whatever. It isn't officially through. It seemed as though it'd get through. But I mean, now, you know, to, I, but like, I don't know. I, I Bots, really? That's what's going to kill this deal? Like, seriously, that's what his big issue is. Like, again, I understand that it, it could be a significant problem, but Elon has talked at length of how quickly he could, even in the interview that I was listening to, how quickly he could fix that, you know? This guy's literally going to the moon and, and reinventing the automobile industry. He, he you know, he could, he could clean it in a, in a day with his team of engineers or some shit like that, or a week, right? So if that's been his sort of stance, that it isn't that significant of a problem, then like, is there another reason why he's using this as sort of like a, a scapegoat for the deal, right? Is, you know, I, I think Elon probably saw this sort of like market environment coming from a, a little ways away. What is it that's, I, I think there's something more there. It seems like a, it seems like a scapegoat. It doesn't seem like the best one. That's just my sort of take on it. When I was listening to it, I was like, Pots, dude, are you kidding me? But yeah, I mean, we'll kind of just see how that turns out. I, I think that'll probably get cleared up. If it really is about the bots, I think they'll they'll figure something out, uh, and they can and they can move on and, and whatever. But I, I don't know. Seems like seems like a sort of stupid thing to to get hung up on. 
but again, you know, it could it could be significant to the to, to the deal of like how many people are actually is is the entire platform just bots? You know, is the problem much worse than he thinks it is? That that could that certainly could be true. But I, I'm just I don't know. <laughs> I'm not totally convinced. If you guys are looking for a new credit card that's awesome and gives you great cash back, you're looking for a fantastic savings account that'll give you a good yield, a good return on your money for, I mean, it's not going to give you 10%, but it'll give you something, then you guys need to check out Neo Financial. They are a proud sponsor of the show uh, and they've supported your boy for some time. And so uh, I would love for you guys to check out some of the products they are in my opinion, one of the best things in fintech in Canada right now, uh, especially for young Canadians. Uh, so, you know, and who knows, maybe Americans soon, but uh, right now Canadians. So if you guys are interested at all in getting a better credit card, better savings account, better uh, want to build a credit with their credit builder, check out the link in the description. I'm telling y'all, you will not regret it. Okay, so you guys have probably heard about Netflix getting its shirt taken from it. I mean, it is getting squashed like it is brutal and uh, they lost 200k subs last quarter and it looks like they're going to lose 2 million more according to their guidance again they've missed their guidance on a few things so it could be even worse than that could be better but could be worse and disney is actually you know continuing to build up its uh, ip uh, disney plus and and hulu and different things like that are starting to really really add up for them and it's it, you know really they are in a strong position uh, to overtake netflix as the sort of dominant player disney had the doctor strange movie that just came out 688 million in box office sales amusement park uh, are you know banging obviously doing really high numbers post pandemic 40 percent more than 2019 which was the, uh, you know before the year, so that's that's fantastic news. Uh, Five hundred million dollar ride is about to open in Disney World. Netflix doesn't have a Disney World. You know, Disney is a much more differentiated business in in different areas, and they have very 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 strong IP. Right? They've got Marvel. They've got Pixar. They've got all the favorites and. You know, I read Bob Iger, CEO of Disney for 15 to 16 years. When he came on in 20, you know, 2005, one of his pillars of what he wanted to do was really, you know, bring to life and enable branded strong content and IP. And so that's why he made those acquisitions of uh, Marvel, Pixar, uh, Star Wars, you know, IP. He knew any any other exec that was around that time, you know, probably had an idea too, but in the book, you know, at least in hindsight, and, and you look at his actions too, he knew that content was the differentiator. And in 2022, content is the differentiator. It is a war for content. It is who has the strongest brand, who has the strongest IP, who has the strongest rewatchability, who, who can you keep around? Like, I mean, Disney movies, you can watch them 10 times, 15 times, 20 times. I mean, how many times could you watch Frozen? You know, your kids want to watch Frozen or something like that, like over and over and over. But, you know, are you going to watch, you know, a Netflix docuseries over and over? Absolutely not. Are you going to watch, you know, I don't even know. Even Squid Games, fantastic. Am I watching Squid Games all over again? Probably not, dude. But like a, a cute, you know, kids movie, whatever. It's just different. And when you've built up the strong brand, you've made those strong acquisitions over the past few years, you know, it's playing out really, really well. And if you read that book or listen to the audiobook, whatever, and listen to what his plan was back then, 
even like I read this book before, you know, Disney Disney Plus was kind of getting finding its legs. I mean, it's it's playing out like beautifully, and it's it's unfortunate that he was kind of older and he had to kind of step away. But you know, I, I would love to see him, you know, see right off into the sunset with that and have sort of Disney execute on that fully and become the leader. But I mean, Disney's big fuck; they're big enough. You know, it's it's not like the, the, we're talking about some startup here, but. I mean, Netflix, bro, what do you do, right? Another thing I want to touch on quickly, everybody was talking, Bill Ackman bought up, you know, two, three, $400 million worth of Netflix shares. Oh my God. Bill Ackman, genius Bill Ackman is, is, is long on Disney or long on Netflix. You know, this is the company he sold off his entire position, took a fat fucking loss, huge loss, right? Doesn't matter to him, but what about the schmucks? that saw that and were like, I'm going to buy Netflix because Bill Ackman's not like, like there's so many folks that just look at what people do and just mimic them without doing any critical thinking. And guys, even with anything that I say, as much as I can, you know, scream at you guys and, and say things like do this, do that, blah, 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 blah. This is the time, blah, 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 blah. My like, dude, don't fucking just listen to me. Like do your own research, listen to different people, get a consensus for yourself. Think critically, do the work yourself and come to your own conclusions. You know, if you had a look at Netflix, you know, you would see that there's indicators of them lagging, strong competition. You've got Apple on their ass, Disney on their ass, you know, Peacock and all the legacy media on their ass. Everybody is coming for their lunch. It, you know, I always say bet on the bet on the industry. I, you could invest in the industry or some sort of index. I'm sure there's an ETF out there if you're really you know, long on streaming and whatever. But why subject yourself to that individual risk? And why in the world would you just listen to one person without thinking critically when you have every piece of information available to you know human civilization, you know, at the click of a button, right? look at it for 10 minutes you probably you might you most likely would come to a different conclusion uh and and so yes i i think that's just a really sort of off you know i guess off topic point that i want to make you know it's, it's streaming wars streaming wars are crazy and you know it's continuing to be crazy so it's hard to bet on a single horse because it's a fucking it's a gamble who's going to come out of it but it looks like netflix is starting to really give up some ground to some of these other players. One thing that happened that was pretty insane too in the crypto realm, crypto markets are just, I mean, it's just one thing after another, another and it looks like, you know, the, there's a stable coin that sort of had an attack on it. You know, some people are calling it, I don't know, there's a lot of speculation around it, but essentially the price of uh, the stable coin Terra USD has, has, has come down significantly. There's a sister coin called Luna that basically went to zero. Apparently a lot of trusted, you know, quote unquote trusted Bitcoin heads, you know, influential people in the space were long on Luna and had a lot in Luna. Uh, you know, one of the most popular, you know, YouTubers KSI apparently lost millions of dollars of, you know, having having money in Luna. Guys, these are marketed as stable coins, Terra USD, Luna, stable coins. Stable coins are essentially something, it's like a cryptocurrency that's pegged to something that is stable, so to speak, or so, so you know, or, or some sort of fiat currency or something like that. I, I think it's usually fiat currency, but I think there are some other ways that it can be pegged, but I'm really not an expert in that area. One thing I do know is stable coins have always been interesting to me because inherently crypto is like, very speculative and very risky 
And and so a lot of over the past few every year or two, you're seeing a lot of things, you know, I think even Luna was saying 20% interest, you could stake it or whatever, you could get yield and whatever. Uh, and and people, you know, would think, well, it's a stable coin, it's pegged to USD or whatever. Let me like it's safe, it's stable, it's it's you know, whatever. And I can get some yield, I can uh, you know, I, I can I can get some yield essentially returns. I can get returns from this. Why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I put a, my cash into a stable coin and then you know my more speculative assets into you know Ethereum or Cardano or Bitcoin, whatever, right? Well, I've always thought that. Listen, if you want a actual you know hedging position or you want like a, a stable sort of like like just just I know the yield looks attractive, but like it's still a cryptocurrency. It's still subject to volatility. Keep it in cash. Put it in a conservative asset if that's really what you're where you're at. Don't put your down payment fund in some stable coin. It's not stable. Like you're, you're you know, in confidence. And I've never I've never been like, oh, OK, it's stable. It's trustworthy, whatever. Like, yes, I you know, there is other stable coins that are doing fine, but they're all starting to like get rocked by this and confidence is starting to get rocked and people are pulling out of stable coins because they don't want to be the next Luna. And, you know, I, I think Luna's down. Basically, it's wiped out. It might bounce back a little bit, but it, it's, I mean, like 99.9% .9 of the value gone. I think Terra USD, which is another, I think, bigger uh, stable coin, 70% down or something along those lines. Uh, significant uh, loss, significant depegging from uh, the, the, the US dollar. I mean, what do you do? Like, like, how can you ever trust this again? Like there, there has to be, for me, you know, I you, people forget, dude, crypto is in its infancy. It is still incredibly speculative. It's incredibly risky. You know, don't play the game if you're not ready for the, the extreme ends of it, because this is what it is. This is what you're signing up for. And to see this, I'm kind of just like, listen, this is this is what crypto is. It's big. It's terrible. You know, better now than than later on. Right? Like, I mean, when when hundreds of millions, like, you know, potentially are in this, but uh, really unfortunate event. I think it's a wake up call. I do think regulators, you know, and I've heard some 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 folks in the space talk about this. Some regulators will probably use this as, as as sort of like a case study to be like, this can't ever happen. We need to regulate this, blah, blah, blah. And that may or may not be a good thing, but just a remarkable, a terrible sort of, you know, thing to happen. And, you know, there's a whole story around the founder of, of Luna and, and how, you know, he's just a, he's a total dick. These are just stories, but seems as though if you look at some of the videos he's done and whatever, and the bets he's made on Twitter and the way he's kind of talking, he's kind of a cock. And it's this is kind of his comeuppance, but you know it's not fair that people have to go through all of that and lose all that money because this guy's an idiot. But then again, <laughs> if you bought the coin and put a ton of your money into your coin, life savings, whatever, it's sad. But like you made that decision, and like guys, it's not news. Even with stablecoin, that crypto is risky. So just just you know, it, it it's probably. You know, and it's up for. I always have to put the stipulation. This isn't advice, but it's probably a great time for crypto to buy. You know, crypto will probably bounce back. It's probably screaming buys for a lot of folks. You know, if you look back, probably it might not be. It might crypto might just whatever go sideways for a while, but it's probably you know people would literally kill you a year ago to buy at these levels, and so it's it's up to you to 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 decide whether you're long on it or not. Last thing, don't put any money you're not willing to lose. Right. Some people are being like, well, you can, you know, no, 
don't put money you're not willing to lose in crypto yet like stocks you know investments the things that have greater longevity and that have been around longer you can invest more than that you can invest you know like a, a, an amount that you would be uncomfortable very uncomfortable with losing all of it right because you have confidence in the long term and building your wealth and whatever but with something like like crypto i mean come on dude i unless unless you have that excess of money like i i just don't think it's there yet to to have full 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 confidence and have everything into it i know there's a lot of you know, strong folks on that side but i'm just i'm not fully convinced i think it should be a smaller portion of your portfolio but it should be there nonetheless so Nike has a beef with StockX. So they're they're basically suing each other over their, their NFTs. I think Nike sued StockX, claiming the company was blatantly free riding on its trademarks uh, with the Vault NFT. And so StockX is counter suing, you know, arguing that Vault NFTs aren't digital sneakers, but listings for physical sneakers. So basically representing uh, the physical sneaker that they're not trying to. They're just basically selling it. It's just an NFT based on it. Nike saying, no, fuck that. Like, no, 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 you, you're, you're basically profiting off our IP and our, our trademarks and no, 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 not going to happen boss. So Nike claimed it bought four pairs of counterfeit sneakers from StockX within a two month period, each including a receipt claiming hundred percent authenticity. StockX, you know, countered calling Nike's claims baseless. Of course, the back and forth corporate jargon. You know, I, I think one thing that was interesting that came out of that Nike's own brand protection team has approved StockX authentication system. So Nike's been like, okay, cool. Uh, the, they've worked very closely. Uh, Nike executives are, are on StockX buying shoes. I mean, I don't really think that's material. That's that material, but it's still very funny. It's like they they use the platform. They know about the platform. There's a there's a significant case to be made that like, hey, like you guys know what we're doing. This isn't news to you. Why why is this all of a sudden coming? And so I don't know if we'll see if this and and. Uh, well, I think it doesn't really make sense because if you think of StockX, again, something that I'm not too familiar with, but is very interesting. It's like the stock market for shoes. Nike wants to be the leader and is the leader on, on those platforms with all of its different kicks and shoes and everything like that. And so they, they have a, an interest in StockX success with maintaining hype and, and maintaining the brand high and having that sort of clout around their shoes. StockX is an enabler for Nike and its brand. I mean, you could argue Nike is such a transcendent brand that it doesn't need StockX to do anything for it. But I would argue, bro, like having an exchange where you're the dominant, like you're the dominant stock, let's say, on the exchange, that's that's an advantage, right? There's Adidas, there's other shoes, of course, but Nike is, you know, you know, including Jordan, whatever, is the dominant player there. And so it's kind of like you're eating yourself a bit because you guys are both mutually benefiting if with with StockX succeeding. So I, I don't understand what the hell's going on here maybe it's just sort of like ruffling of the feathers with their relationship and they'll bang it out just so nike lets StockX know that you know who who they are and what they do i think that might be more of what it is just outside looking in kind of big brothering it a bit but really interesting stuff and that is all i have for you guys this week i really hope you guys enjoyed some of the uh rambling and and different uh you know market predictions or market you know um sort of looks outlooks and things like that uh it will be very interesting to see how everything turns out i appreciate y'all please leave your reviews love y'all but for now i'm out this mother peace